and welcome to Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. In these interviews, we'll be exploring employability insights, career advice, educational experiences, life stories and more from a wide variety of people in a wide variety of industries with the ultimate aim of helping you to make decisions about your studies and your career. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's all very much appreciated. So here we go. Let's talk business. We are going on a career journey and a half today with Kerry. If you ever needed proof that careers don't always go in a straight line from college to university to employment, and then everything's just fine and dandy till you retire, then this is the episode for you. So let's get stuck into talking business with Kerry. Hello, everyone. We are talking business, and today we've got Kerry with us. Hello, Kerry. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Really excited. Oh, brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, so this is quite an interesting one because I actually don't know too much about you and we're going to go with a flow here. And I also wanted to point out to anybody listening and watching, if you think that all of these things always go perfect, they don't. My first email to Kerry, I called you by the wrong name, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yes. Um, but don't, don't worry, it made me laugh. And like I said, I, I answer to most things. It's easily done. I, I've I've been in I've been in the same boat where I've been typing an email and sort of uh, you know spelling mistakes and all sorts. So don't worry about it. It Super. broke the ice. It broke the ice. It's all good. <laughs> it did, yeah. Maybe I did it on purpose. And, uh, spoiler, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. So, uh, you know, nobody's uh, going to do everything right all the time. So we've got Kerry, whose name I now know. Um, so let's get into what we're going to discuss today. But before we go too far, I mean, who is Kerry? Who am I talking to today? So, hi, I'm Kerry, Kerry Nicholson. And I like to describe myself as a freelance theatre writer and podcaster. And I'm also an aspiring novelist. I'm working on my, my first draft at the moment. So yes, the, the written word is where I feel most comfortable. Um, so yeah, I, I like to sort of describe myself as a freelancer. Brilliant. Okay, so this world of freelancing, then you, you obviously go between jobs quite a bit. Is that right? Yes. I mean, a lot of, a lot of my freelancing that I do at the moment is unpaid. So I'm using it as a way to kind of build my portfolio and my experience, and uh, um, and I. So I one of my publications that I've been writing long term for um, is Broadway World UK. I've been with them for five. Is it five years now? So, yes, five years since 2016. Um, and then I've got another company who I'm currently freelancing for, West End Best Friend. And they're quite a um, sort of relatively new business. Well, they've um, they just um, sort of celebrated their first anniversary last week. Um, so yeah, I'm just sort of, take, and sort of taking time um, with them to kind of build my portfolio. And the, and the work comes in on a kind of semi-regular basis where you can kind of give them your availability and they'll say, right, guys, I need um, need somebody to write me sort of five hundred words and go and go and watch this play or go and uh, watch this piece of theatre or um, review this book for me. It's all it's all very varied. I love it. Brilliant. So you, I mean, you must be absolutely itching to get back out there and go watch and experience and have those feelings it, again you know? I know. <laughs> I, it's been it's been really hard as it has been for everybody but um 
particularly for me, theatre is where I found my my tribe and my mm. community that I love and enjoy and people that have accepted me and my sort of limitations that I have. So being away from that has been has been really hard. But it's also it's also been quite interesting just to see how everybody has adapted to this because everybody's been able to do work over Zoom or like mini concerts and all sorts um, and put things together really quickly. And it's kind of forced them to kind of think outside the box a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of um, kind of think about the way they approach things and do it in a more creative way in, in terms of all the restrictions that they have because they haven't had their um, the space that they would normally have. They haven't had the audiences and things like that. So, can't wait to get back. I have got lots booked in for after Zoom when restrictions are hopefully lifted. So hopefully <laughs> we won't go back into another lockdown. Um, well, yes, we'll indeed. Yes, indeed. So well, that's fascinating. It's nice that you picked out some of the opportunities that businesses have, have took on there, because obviously it has been a trying and challenging time for all of us. Um, but, you know, the the things that have come out of it, some of the positives that you're mentioning on there, where we have you, you had to adapt. There was no other choice, um, or let your business fail. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you picked up on those, but you were still able to kind of interact with people and do that during uh, mm-hmm. the lockdowns that we've had uh, three, I think now at this point in time. So let's hope that's the end of it, and uh, we can just get back out and. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so what's your, I mean, what's your career journey then? So you say now you're a freelancer. Is that something that you thought, I always want to be a freelancer? Um, I, <laughs> no, um, is the short answer. I went to university um, and I my degree um, is in English literature. Um, and I, I studied in Cardiff. Um, but I did I did that. And I, I wouldn't say naively, but I, I was very much of the the school of thought where I was like right I'm gonna go to uni and do my three years of studying and and um well I'll get a job from there and it'll be fine that's I know where I know where my path's um going and it didn't turn out like that at all so I I graduated um 2011 and then sort of had a year year and a half of um looking um, for a job I didn't I didn't really know at that time kind of what I wanted to be doing all I, I kind of knew that I just wanted to be kind of out there and kind of having that sort of satisfaction of working and earning my earning my own wage as it were um, so 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 I graduated the first time and then I eventually decided that I wanted to do my uh, teacher teacher training um so i applied for that um my application was declined which was quite sort of soul destroyed i'm not entirely sure of the ins and outs of that so but that hit me quite hard and i was i was like oh i got really upset i was like oh i'm not really sure what i'm going to do now you know because that was what i kind of focused all my energy on and kind of set my sights on that. So I went away 
and um, did that. Um, I thought to myself, with, with that goal of eventually becoming a teacher in mind, I said, I probably need to go away and get myself some more classroom experience. So I went and did my teacher assistant training, my level two, um, spent six months to a year volunteering in, um, with um, primary school kids. Um, and that was, that was really rewarding and really fun. So I've got that qualification under my belt. Um, and then I didn't actually get my, um, and then I sort of went back to um, the cycle of job hunting and just getting rejection, you know, rejections coming at me left, right and center. And I said, you know what? I want to go back to uni. And because I've, I found sort of studying, I enjoyed that structure and that routine mm. to my day and having something to focus on. So I went back and did my master's degree and eventually got myself a job working in um, as a receptionist at a housing administration. First day mm -hmm. job, was actually overjoyed to have it and um, the team were lovely. But that didn't work out um, for reasons we can talk a, a little bit more about later because I think it's quite relevant to one of the other questions you um, asked me but, um, that we're going to talk about. But long story short, that didn't work out. And in between all these kind of difficult times, I, I was um, sort of still going and enjoying my love of at my love of theatre and writing about it. And people were really um, impressed with and in um, with my writing. And they'd always say to me, oh, Carrie, I really enjoy it. You're, you're so good at it. And, and I thought to myself, well, if people are, people are enjoying what I'm doing, maybe there's something in that. And I enjoy giving, you know, give, um, putting that energy sort of into that. and. Um, giving people something that they enjoy. So I, it's only sort of been in the last sort of year or two that I've kind of sort of maybe freelancing um, sort of more seriously and that I've kind of um, sort of um, wanted to do something with it and see where it can lead me really. Mm. Fascinating. I mean, what a journey. You, you know, it's I, I speak to uh, the students a lot. Obviously, it's my job as a teacher. And, you know, we discuss career pathways and uh, very, very few people have this amazing straight line of I was 16. I decided what I was going to do. And then at 18, I did this. And then at 21, I did this. And then everything went swimmingly. And now I'm going to retire doing the same job I started. at. But that is such a rare occurrence nowadays. And, and you are more proof of that. You know, I'm proof of it. You're proof of it. And pretty much everybody I know is proof that you've got to keep your eyes and your ears open and keep your options open. Uh, and yeah. you're going to have setbacks as well. You know, you talked about you had your, your heart and your mind set on that. And now you've gone in a different direction, but you seem quite settled and if people are enjoying what you're doing you you're enjoying it you know so you've got that balance of, of both of you doing um having that enjoyment from it which is fantastic um yeah. do you, i was going to say do you see yourself freelancing for a bit then is that is that something you'll probably stick with for the time being for the time being yes i'd like yeah. the, the dream the dream now is to get into um theater marketing and and mm -hmm. pr and and social media um that is 
that is the goal kind of long term mm. because that's essentially what I'm doing at the moment already. Um, but I'm just struggling to get my foot in the door at the minute. So I'm, I'm just taking time to sort of build up my portfolio and try and um, build up contacts sort of in the, in, in sort of in the industry as well um and sort of home home my craft a little bit get better at it so that eventually when I am ready to sort of um apply for those sort of jobs I'll be in better stead to do so and you are proving here that it is not a case of you sending one cv and one covering letter and you wait for the jobs to come to you and everybody comes knocking on your door and says, oh, we, we need you to, you know, there's a lot of hard work, isn't it, to go in yes, and get is. in these jobs. I mean, that's something I, I've learned um, kind of, sort of or is or a kind of skill. I, I sort of am going to call it a skill, having that resilience to be able to mm. be, um, sort of say, right, today I'm, uh, I'm going to send out, let's say, 10, 15 CVs and kind of knowing that, it, things are going to take time and people are going to come back to you and they're going to say thank you but no thank you mm. and it, it 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 does it can take a while to um sort of bring yourself back up from those rejections from those rejections but it's just kind of learning how to deal with that a little bit better and and knowing that it's not a reflection on you as a person or your lack of or um, or a lack of particular skills you might have. It's just it's just you're not the right fit for that person or that business at that time. And that's not to say you won't ever be. But yeah, it, it is it is a long journey. And I've I've definitely I've definitely noticed that my sort of outlook has changed where I've gone from wanting to do one particular thing and it has opened doors and it's, it's been great because I'm speaking to people that I wouldn't necessarily be speaking wouldn't necessarily be speaking to normally mm -hmm. um and it's just kind of forced me into a sort of new it's given me I think a better perspective mm -hmm. on what I need to do and I need, I need to put the work in and I'll get out of it what I put into it. Yeah. And that is a really, it's a really hard lesson to learn sometimes. But it's a really important and a, and a good one. Yeah. And, and you're right, you know, res resilience is a, a key thing, but it's hard to teach as well. It's, it mm -hmm. does come with experience from, from, from my experience, from yours, from a lot of people I've spoke to. You Teaching resilience and teaching how to get over failure is is not something that you can do in a classroom it really feels like you've got to go out there do it and learn from it i mean i keep a i've got a red folder that's got all my rejection letters in from all the jobs i've applied to over the years and i look back now and i think well of course i wasn't going to get that look at that covering letter that was awful you know why did i think but at the time it was that's it i'm never going to get a job oh my gosh and you've, you've just mm -hmm. got to build it up haven't you yeah. and you've built it up and that's fantastic mm -hmm. to hear um let's talk a bit then about uh, cerebral palsy so for people uh, watching and listening i know i've mentioned this in class and not many people have really known what it is is there a a, sh a description of it that you can give to us so that if we're listening and watching we can hear what your opinion of um or your uh, interpretation of cerebral palsy is please so my um 
I should say it first, it's a condition that affects um, sort of my brain and sort of my fine motor skills. So that um, sort of in all four of my limbs, there's lots of different variations of it and it can affect people differently. I um, find mostly affects my things like my hand-eye coordination. I'm not able to walk. Um, so, and that happened, I was born three months premature. And I think it's what, um, from my understanding of it is, I, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but um, I um, suffered a lack of oxygen to the brain when I was born. And I think that's what brought it on. The way I kind of sort of describe it, um, or the way I like to describe it to people is that I, I'm quite lucky in the sense that I can still sort of um, communicate quite well, and it's just my legs that let me down really. And I've got my, I've got my, um, I've had, um, I've been in um, a wheelchair sort of not from birth. I think probably sort of when I hit school age, I, I had a manual wheelchair, but now I've got an electric one, so that's given me more freedom as well. And um, and I suffer with, I, it tends to affect my muscles really badly because they're not getting used. I get a lot of, or used in say the most traditional senses. Um, so I get a lot of stiffness, back pain um, from being sat down um, in one position for most of the day. Um, and there are, I'm not gonna lie, there are ways in which it limits, limits my life, but I, um, um, I've not, I've never known any, any different. Um, so, and it does get me down a little bit um, because there are, there are, like I say, there are, there are ways in which it um, restricts my life, May, mainly due to uh, society and um, lack of access to buildings and things like that. Um, but generally, I, I like to think I'm in a pretty good place with it, you know, sort of accepting it and accepting myself as a person you know as a person yeah. with it and again that's that's been um that can be quite a difficult journey as well yeah. um oh well thank you for sharing that with me you know we, we really appreciate that giving your perspective on that and talking about your career journey that you've had so far uh, you've you've really not let anything hold you back by the sounds of it. So uh, you said society there. So let's talk about society, shall we? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, this might take a few hours, but uh, we'll <laughs> we see could, how we, we can. We could do a whole other interview on. on we this. could, yeah, like we a ten-part series on yeah. society. Yeah. But um, you know, society-wise, then, because I've spoke to uh, my students in class about. Um, various things, so multiple sclerosis, depression, cerebral palsy. Um, and I know that when um, we did cerebral palsy and the only way that um, we could dis describe it was the guy from Breaking Bad. And I don't think that's any fault of my students, really, because no. they just hadn't been exposed to it. I mean, we're talking about 16, 17 year olds. They've only got the media they've got and the places mm -hmm. they go to. Yeah, so, people, you know, what, what's your have, take on what's your take on that? People haven't got the frame of the very wide frame of reference, have they? They're, they're, they're given what the media choose to um, and what they churn out for people to engage with. And 
it's it's a tricky one um i'd say but i'm so i'm so how can i put this polite but i get really really frustrated at times particularly with the lack of representation of this of disability in the media but um i know mine is more, more of a um, physical um disability but just disability in general i'm so sick of the narrative being that the disability has to form part of the story you know it becomes like the linchpin that everything else is kind of dealt with and you kind of get the whole kind of oh aren't they wonderful despite all the challenges that they they have and you know we're, we're kind of seen as these um fantastic sort of beacons of beacons of sort of hope um and so we i i get a lot of people kind of feeling quite sorry to me um mm. kind of in terms of oh, aren't you wonderful and isn't it isn't it amazing that you've overcome what you have in in spite of um, the challenges that you have, and that's great. But just once, I'd like to see um, I'd like to see more representation from the point of view that um, um, where the disability isn't part of the story, mm -hmm. or or like for um, I don't know something to I don't know play the role romantic lead and things like that or the villain and it not be the kind of disability not be the defining factor yes yeah the, the you know you're focusing on the character and who they are what they do rather than yeah. oh they've got a disability well we could do a storyline about how the disability does this um do you think that is that from a lack of understanding by people who are who are creating these things i mean by creating these things i mean you know media that we see everywhere whether we're watching the news or watching a television show or a movie or sports broadcasting or anything is it a lack of understanding or do you think it's a lack of uh, or a bit of fear that well, if we if we don't do it at all, that's okay. And if we do it and it goes wrong, that's even worse. So let's just play it safe. What, what's I, your kind of feel as to why why it's not happening? I think it's a combination of those two things, mm. and I like I I definitely think there is a lack of um, awareness out there, and people are just people. I I you, you hear about it a lot again because it's an industry that I know and love. Um, you hear a lot about it with theatre and movies where they kind of say oh we could we couldn't find um or we couldn't find um the right sort of disabled actor and it's like don't give me that excuse there are there are out there have you looked hard enough for them but again i i think the the fear sort of the fear factor is there and i think that there is kind of a a desire to want to play it safe and it's it does it I find it really disheartening at times because um, there, um, we, because um, sort of, if you want to be able to, how can I, how can I, sorry, it's, right. um, it's kind of like if you want to tell our stories, get mm. people that have actually lived these experiences, and we'll we'll come, you know. Um, Get in touch with us, interview, sit down with us, and sort of um, 
get her take on things if you want to be able to do it sensitively. And that sounds a bit hypocritical of me because there are certain movies that I can think of where um, sort of non-disabled actors have played not um, disabled characters that I've really enjoyed. But um, the more I see of it, the more I'm kind of sort of getting under the skin of why the issue is such a, you know, why it's the problem and why it should be seen as a problem and needs to be addressed. So my, my thinking around it has changed, changed quite a lot. Yeah, that, that's really interesting as well in terms of, you spoke about able-bodied actors being being then portraying, and you then you hear the uh, the praise heaped upon them. Oh, they portrayed it very well. They they did a great job of portraying it. Well, why not get somebody who doesn't have to portray it because yeah. they're actually living that? You, mm -hmm. um, but hey, I'm not a, a screenwriter. And, I know, uh, and it's so, and there seems to be this mentality that they need big names to put bums on seats and sell tickets. Mm. And that's really, really sad, I think. Mm. It's really, yeah. really sad. And it can it kind of takes away from how authentic these stories could be. Yeah. But, yeah. And then I mean that's what you're looking for though, isn't it? In theatre and television mm. and movies, you're looking for a certain mm. sense of authenticity because you have to believe in what you're watching and, and experiencing. I, re I remember, just as a little side note to, um, I went to see a play um, called, uh, was it last year or the year before? Anyway, the play is called um, A Day in the Death of Joe Egg. Um, and it's about, um, the, it focuses on the parents of um, Joe. She, she has my condition, but it's mm. a more severe form of it. And it's about how the toll of taking care of her has kind of impacted the parents' marriage. Mm -hmm. And this particular version of the show marks the first time ever, I think the play was written in the 60s, and it was the first time ever her character has been played by a disabled actress. And wow. the, play, the play has been going for how many years? But wow. I went to that, and that was a really kind of, eye-opening experience it felt mm. important to me to be there for that um but it was interesting because the play is of its time as well and might be a little bit sort of dated in terms of its mm. attitudes and the way the way it um sort of explores the sort of explores the issues um but no that was a that was a really eye-opening mm. Um, and what a sh what a shame that it took, yeah. What a shame that it took you know half a century to get to the point where they would actually put a disabled actor in, in the main role, disabled actor and actress in the main role. Mm. That's uh, that's quite stunning. So I mean, leading on to that, then have your career choices? You've talked about some life limitations that you have from uh, cerebral palsy. Mm. Have they led to uh, career choices and changes because of your condition there? Or have you been, have you felt limited in career-wise um, from your condition? Um, that's, that's an interesting question. Again, I think a lot of it stems back um, from, I've lost count of the amount of interviews I've had that I've had to turn down because going away, I've looked into where the business is and how to get there ready for like, the next week when I've got the interview. 
and everything like that. And I had to phone them up and say, I actually can't get in your building because it's not accessible. It's not accessible for me to do so. I've all, I've also had one where I um had a call about an apprenticeship, um, and they called me, and they said, "Are you available to come in tomorrow and, and talk to us?" Um, and I was overjoyed. I was like, "Yeah, of course, it's all you know, my details and everything." And not five minutes before, after I put down the phone, they rang me back and they admitted that they just read my CV properly and won't be able to see me because they're upstairs and they haven't got any access. So I think it's it's sort of limit and um, it's sort of limiting me in that way, and also the fact that I've kind of gone away into my sort of freelance writing world as well because I know I said earlier I initially wanted to train and be a teacher but I figured just where I was at um, physically and mentally at that time I was thinking maybe that's not maybe the classroom environment isn't ideal for me because I'm I know that the classrooms are set up certain ways, the tables are certain heights and things. And I know there's things that can be done to um, sort of adapt um, and ad adaptations can be made. It's, it's definitely made me think more sort of strategically. I think mm -hmm. um, sort of my condition has made me sort of um, be very careful about where I um, where I want to apply mm. and the kind of thing I want to be doing mm. um, well um, because my my um, my um, what happened with my receptionist job as well I was there for six months um, and it took um, four of those months for them just to um, put the headset in so I could answer the phone properly because I had um, I struggle particularly with my right hand but both um with my grip so it's better if I have a headset like this if I'm mm. talking folks so yeah I think they kind of they bit off more than they could chew and wow. you do you do feel sometimes I mean I don't want to sound overly negative because I know that's not that's not the point of why I'm here sort of talking to you no. but you do you do I'd feel sometimes <laughs> you do you do feel sometimes or at least in my experience that you are there just to pick their box to say they've spoken to somebody that has a disability so they can tick that off on their uh, their quotas and their all their paperwork that they have um I remember one, there's another instance as well, where they literally, they've literally said to me, we like you and you have a lot of the skills that we're looking for. And I was like, great, they might, you know, might be in here, might get the job. Mm -hmm. uh, but they said to me, but we, we worry about you being able to hold down a full-time job, given your, um, given your circumstances that you're in. Wow. Wow. That, that, was a, that was a really tough one. To take. <laughs> That's absolutely, absolutely stunning that, you know, that they would be so, I don't, I don't know if two-faced is the right word about this or, or what I'm trying to kind of say, but certainly it feels like, it feels like the businesses are losing out on 
people like yourself because they're not making the appropriate changes. And I appreciate building design, you know, does limit certain things, but, uh, you know, the most part, it would seem like just, just put the effort in, you know, because Mm -hmm. you are, you are taking away a lot of people from the potential pool of applicants who are, perfectly able above and beyond what your job description has called for absolutely simply because simply because uh yeah well it was a headset wasn't it you know oh yeah yeah, it was uh, that flight of stairs but oh gosh you know um so that's that's just that's terrible to hear you know this is 2021 you know we're not talking Mm. about 30 40 years uh ago you know before so before acts come in and equality act and disability discrimination act We, we you know we're talking about right now um mm. so it's quite bizarre to hear all that i mean do you think then the work the workplace um the way with the changes we've had in the past year with covid do you think that's going to have a positive or a negative impact on uh cerebral palsy uh, yourself with cerebral palsy yeah I, again i think it i can see it from both sides i mean mm. i think it would be really good for me because then businesses won't have to think about applying for funding to make all these adaptations like they wouldn't have they wouldn't have to put a hoist in the bathroom so that I'd be able to use use the bathroom they wouldn't have to you know adapt their uh, headsets they wouldn't have to make sure all the doors are electronic and all sorts all I'd need would probably be my phone and my laptop and a good wi-fi connection which Mm. I, I know that I have so I, re- really speaking, I think I'm kind of work ready. I could, if I could find the right job, I'd, I'd be ready to start tomorrow. Mm. But uh, by that same token, it's kind of like, well, should I be doing that? Just, mm. you know, kind of, is there a need mm. for me to kind of put myself in that work from home box? Just mm. because it does take a bit more time to make sure the businesses are ready. And it'll make life easier, but I'd miss out on all the things that mm. um, that make um, kind of going to work fun. You miss you miss out on kind of building that rapport with the team, yeah. and just you know having that day to day, you know the hustle and bustle of being at work, and mm. you know um, all that side of things as well. Um, I'd like to think that. Sort of with the pandemic and everything, it will make people more mindful mm. of the the need for flexibility. Um, but um, but yeah, we just have to, mm. like I say, I I'd like to think that it, mm. it would make people more mindful of it, and um, they'd be they'd be more open to sort of um, maybe employing more disabled disabled people for their mm. business um yeah. that's one of the best one of the things that i'm hoping comes out of it is yeah. a kind of slight shift in the changes um of attitudes and yeah. stuff yeah and i hope you're right I, I really do i hope it doesn't become a sense of um well we, we have a disabled member of staff oh that's okay they can work from home uh, and that's the end of the discussion you know, I hope mm-hmm. that, that that's not the easy way out for organisations that they really see that 
everybody needs to be included in the, the workplace, wherever that workplace is, whether it be virtual or real or a bit of both or, um, you know, really got to include people in it. Um, uh, I mean, thank you so much for all your information and your stories and your, and your um, journey that you've been on. It really is quite inspiring and, and educational for us all. I wanted to ask you one last question, if that's all right with you. Um, and that is that if you could go back to when you were, say, 17, 18, and give yourself some advice, or if somebody had given you some advice that you wish you could have listened to, what would that advice be? Oh, so 17, 18. Mm. I would go back and tell myself that it's okay to ask for help, and it's okay fail but you have to learn to pick yourself back up and that you will pick yourself back up mm. it's not the end of the world um because i rem i remember having a, a um a particularly sort of rough um sort of uh third year at uni um and i had two really wonderful lecturers um who i sort of particularly sort of gravitated Towards and they, they were the ones that I, that I went to um, if I had sort of any problems. And I, mm. I vividly remember just feeling so run down and um, sort, of, sort of I was in, I was in the throes of having essay deadlines and things. Mm. Um, and, so, and I was having a sort of rough time physically and mentally, lack of sleep. And I remember ha having to go um, for a meeting with one of them and I promptly um, just about my essay and how it was going and sort of I, I went to I had to go and say right I've got to go and see Martin now about you know this is the question I want to do and um, I just remember bursting into tears and saying oh I can't do it I'm you know really really struggling and he sort of took me aside and said it's okay to feel like this. It's mm -hmm. okay to feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, and know that, know that, of course, you're there to do the best you can. And, and you yeah. want, you want to, um, or, and I, I, I did, I, I, I was always loved school and um, mm -hmm. always wanted to get the best marks I could and stuff. And he was like, it's just one essay. It doesn't have nothing has to be perfect all the time, and mm. at that point, my my other lecturer, who I was um, especially close to, had um, come by in a panic because he'd seen me crying um, with my other lecturer, um, and the two of them we kind of just sat down and um, they kind of let me sort of process that and kind of mm. compose myself again. Mm -hmm. And that felt like a weight had been lifted. Mm. And I felt, I felt really, I was like, I shouldn't have let it get as bad as it, as bad as it did emotionally mm. before I went and said, look, I, and before I went and admitted to them that I was struggling. So it's just look after yourself mm. and kind of know that it's okay to ask for help. 
brilliant. Thank you so much. And, and sorry if my eyes were going somewhere else. My daughter sorry, was just running in and, and grabbing a few things. <laughs> it's all, all kicking off here. I mean, what you said that it's okay to be overwhelmed and nothing is is it doesn't have to be amazing all the time and chances are it won't be and you, you know but you you can speak to people and there's there's great support networks out there isn't there you know whether you're in education or the workplace or or neither of those uh, there are support networks out there and and but it is okay to feel the pressure and ask for assistance with it um and i think that's a really important message to that even I need to maybe remember a bit more often than I do. I think I think we all do, don't we? But yeah. I, I still struggle with that nowadays. I, I mm. still, even though now that I've left that environment, I, yeah. I still struggle um, sort yeah. of ask, asking people for a little bit of support. Mm. Um, and it's just it's human nature, isn't it? We're yeah. we're sort of we're not conditioned, but it's there's this mentality that. Um, people don't want to burden other people with their problems and um, and it, it doesn't have to be that way, does it? And no. you'll find a lot of the time, or sort say, say nearly all of the time, hmm. people will make time for you and they 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 want you yeah. to want you to succeed in whatever whatever arena that will be in, whether that's in education or whether um, whether in work. People are there because they want to see you do your best. Yeah. And they'll uh, they'll be able to help you get there. Yeah, yeah. Because on the most part, again, that's something that a lot of us want to do. You know, we're, we're a helpful bunch on the most part. You know, we are here to help each other out. And it, it, sometimes you just need somebody to ask you for that help so you can get stuck in and do it. So, um, Kerry, thank you. Uh, I, I'm... And all I can say is thank you. Lots and lots of times. So I'll probably send you an email later and say and uh, call you up and say thank you. Uh, but in all honesty, you know, your experiences uh, and your unique kind of journey to where you're at now is really, really interesting. And thank you uh, for taking the time to share that with, with me, uh, let alone all the students who are going to watch and listen to it. It's really appreciated. And uh, I'll uh, stay on the line just for a moment or two after uh, we end this. But for now, mm -hmm. I'll just say thanks for talking business. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you again. Thank you. Pleasure. See you again. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Kerry, for taking the time to discuss those insights and experiences that you have had on your career journey there. Absolutely fascinating. And I hope that that proves useful, inspirational and motivational for all the people watching and listening. It certainly has for me. So thanks again. I think I might have said it enough, but hey, here's one more. Thank you, Kerry. And thank you to everybody else who's been listening and watching this episode here. You can get more Talking Business with Danny Pardo over on YouTube. You can say hello on all the social media channels. And please like, rate, review, share, subscribe, and do all those good things with this episode if you enjoyed it and got a lot out of it as well. And we'll see you again on another episode of Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo, real soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Business with me, Danny Pardo. I hope the advice and insights in this episode make a difference to you, your studies, and your career. You can find more by searching for Pardo's Business, that's me by the way, on Google, YouTube and Instagram. I'm also at Pardo's Business on Twitter. 
If you like what you heard, please do take a moment to rate, review, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's all very much appreciated. We'll catch you again soon on the next episode of Talking Business with Danny Pardo. Thanks and cheerio!